0: power hour l s u boom all night long yes oh it's freaking go LSU fans, we have a fun Wednesday night, 6 p.m. live stream. We do it every hump day. And I want to start talking here about James Simon. So we talked about him a little bit. A lot of people are predicting he's going to be the next commitment. I'm really excited about him. I chatted a little bit about him last night, and I watched a good bit of him after the live stream. And yeah, 2025 might be the best running back class that LSU has ever brought in. And that's really saying something, considering... They've had a class where Leonard Fournette and Daryl Williams were in the same class. So We also had Kayla Williams and Charles Scott in the same class. There have been some really good running back classes at LSU. This one very well could take the cake with Harlan Berry and James Simon. Harlan Berry, a little bit more of a shifty LaShawn McCoy type. And James Simon actually reminds me quite a bit of Daryl Williams. But with a little bit more explosion and wiggle, the dude is an absolute Ox. We say hi to Kenneth and many more of you that are tuning in nationwide, worldwide on the PHL Network. Please hit the like button, subscribe, ring the bell, share this with anyone that you know. Now, you see Scott Woodward is the thumbnail of today's video. And what's very interesting uh, about Scott, there was a, a fascinating business report released earlier this week saying that LSU – operated in a deficit, okay? Now, think about the millions upon millions of dollars that LSU Athletics creates and produces. Over a $100 million per year, okay? And a good bit of that is via the LSU football team. But they said that they operated at a deficit. And they said um, there's a lot of different reasons as to why a program could operate in a deficit. Um, You know, Ross Dellinger did a piece about this seven or eight years ago about the LSU athletics, um, you know, money situation. And then, you know, last year, it apparently seems that LSU women's basketball um, operated at a seven or eight million dollar deficit. So. I say this and you see the poll question associated with today's video, do you I'm, I'm just asking whoever you are, would you like to be an athletic director now I'm not asking you do you want an athletic director salary because there's probably a good chance if you're watching this that Scott Woodward makes more money than you do pretty much every season but would you like to be an athletic director with everything that's changing with college athletics name image and likeness the transfer portal coaches leaving in and out coaches salaries seemingly getting bigger every season. It's hard. It is really, really, really hard. And Scott Woodward is very behind the scenes. He's not really a boisterous personality. Most athletic directors are mostly behind the scenes and somewhat reserved. But I say all of this because LSU is in a unique position because all you hear about, and I say all, But a good bit of LSU fans complain that we're behind on NIL for whatever reason. The truth is, coaches' salaries, as Joseph astutely points out, is a big portion of what you do as an athletic director. Coaches are expensive. Kim Mulkey, she's expensive. Brian Kelly, he's expensive. All the assistants for Kim Mulkey got raises most of the LSU football coaches are getting raises. Buyouts are being paid. I would also say that there is some skepticism from me that they actually did operate at a, a, at a deficit. And it's also important to note that that's just athletic department funding. You got to think about what LSU football does for tuition and enrollment. A big reason why I went to LSU is because I loved LSU football so much growing up. So I say all of that just to point out that LSU is in a good spot because they have one of the better athletic directors in the country. And I do think being an AD is going to be even harder moving forward. Right. Uh, Because you do have to manage collectives. You do have to manage a changing landscape. You do have off the field controversies that you have to handle. So I just wanted to point that out at the beginning of a live stream, because normally we talk about it a little bit later, this is going to be a very interesting year for LSU because, look, we've got coaches pretty much locked in. You know, the future of Matt McMahon is going to be very interesting. I would like Matt McMahon to get a third year at LSU. Um, he's done enough for me to give him a third year. I don't know about for you. But it's it's crazy how much of expenses come down to just buyouts, just firing people and giving them money to leave. It, it is when you actually look at the business of college athletics, none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. Like it's it's so difficult being an athletic director. It is so, so, so difficult. And one thing people struggle with answering is what exactly do athletic directors do on a daily basis? Um, it, and it's tough. It probably varies from from school to school. So understand that this is going to be an interesting Next ten or so months in college athletics, we see the NCAA saying what they're saying about NIL and it becoming salary uh, driven instead of NIL driven. You see what's going on with Tennessee and the lawsuits. Uh, uh, the state of Tennessee apparently suing the NCAA. It's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So, um, I, I I I just honestly think. LSU is in a good spot with their AD. One of the more one of the more experienced ADs out there. One of the best hiring of coaches out there, and hopefully, what Scott Woodward is building continues to build. Okay, and one thing that, that was very interesting. All right, we talked a bit about Brad Davis yesterday. When Brad Davis got here, he immediately became one of the best offensive line coaches in the country in terms of salary, and. I'm telling you, there was so much pressure on him to deliver and he has taken our LSU off its line to the very next level. So really excited about our future. I wanted to share those business reports with you. And I always find college athletics and the money side of it to be fascinating because once again, professional sports, those make sense. College sports, when you really break it down, it's like, what is a business model? How does all of this actually work? Um, and I, I think about it all the time. I really, really, really do. We say hi to Player X. We say hi to Van. Went to go get a Whataburger meal today and it cost twelve dollars. Yeah, I actually had a, a realization today. I don't eat out all that often. Rob G Skipper, what's good? Two PHL O G Skipper and Rob G's been rocking with us for a while. Good to see you, Howard, as well. Um, Brad Davis the most uh underrated coach on the team. I do agree with you on that. Now, I want to share something personal. So this morning uh, was was a very interesting morning. I got a call and um, I, I had to go take a close loved one to a doctor's appointment. I didn't know I was going to need to do this. And she needed to go see a specialist. It wasn't my wife, by the way. Uh, but I, I she had to go see a specialist. And specialist doesn't live where I live. So we have to take a trip. And sometimes I, I, I love going on long drives, right? I'll listen to a podcast, I'll listen to music. Sometimes I'll just have my thoughts to myself. And one of my favorite things about long drives is you can't scroll your phone. Okay. And we all do it occasionally, but you have to really think, you just think about whatever. And for about a 15, 20- I was trying to envision what the next couple of years of LSU football could look like. And what I came to as far as a conclusion here is which program out there honestly has a brighter and more concrete outlook than LSU. And there was only one that I can come, come, pause but only one I could come to a conclusion with, all right? And that's Georgia. That is the only program that has a more concrete future in line for football. LSU is definitely number two. You could argue Texas being at number two with Steve Sarkeesian and what they're building over there. Obviously, some really good things, but we just took Steve Sarkeesian's best assistant and brought him over to LSU. so. The future of LSU football is as good as anyone's. And if you were to go down the list, and I went down the list of all the other elite programs, the first one that comes to mind is Ohio State. Ohio State doesn't know if Ryan Day is the guy. Ryan Day is on a hot seat. He's lost eight games. Eight games total. Eight games total. But he's lost to Michigan three times in a row, and he's not won a college football playoff. So, Ohio State future. We don't know what's in store for that. Michigan's future. They're the latest national champion. Sharon Moore. We'll see how it goes. They lost their most important piece, of course, with Jim Harbaugh and a potential double-digit amount of draft picks in this next year's draft. Okay, what about Alabama? Well, you know what happened there. Oklahoma. Brent Venables, really defensive-minded coach, lost his OC. We got Jackson Arnold at QB. We'll see what happens. One program I think that's kind of underrated is Tennessee. They get one of the best transfers, Lance Heard. Obviously, that hurt. Um, but Nico at QB, Tennessee's got a lot of a lot of brightness in their future. Good DC, good play caller, but Tennessee doesn't recruit at LSU's level. None of the Florida schools I would put in that same spot. Hell, we don't even know what we, we don't even know what conference Florida State's gonna be in. So there's only one program future. Only one. Okay. Now there are others that are on our tail. One of those is actually Notre Dame. Notre Dame took one of our best assistants at LSU. They've got a young, exciting coach. Their recruiting has gotten better, but they're not a good as good of a recruiter as LSU. Okay, I'm telling you right now, yes, this next season is going to feature a lot of uncertainty. And I know a lot of you are going to put a lot of pressure on Brian Kelly to get to the playoff next season, and he should have that pressure. But right now. One program. Has a better future than LSU. And they have the best coach and multiple national championships and only one loss over the last three seasons. Okay, So. Really? I'm not sure if there's a close second. Maybe Ohio State's a close second. Maybe Texas is a close second. Am I missing anyone? One that I thought of, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, is Oregon. Oregon, we know they got NIL. We know they got recruiting. We know they have a really good coach, and they don't recruit at LSU's level, but I could see it. I think, and I really do feel this way, all right? Made a few phone calls over the last couple of days to people that know college football way more than me, all right? I was a big Lincoln Riley guy a few years ago. I think he's cooked at USC. I I think he is going to be in the NFL soon. I, I thank the good Lord every day that we got Brian Kelly over Lincoln Riley. And Lincoln Riley was my number one guy. I am not liking what I'm hearing at a USC. Not at all. Okay. The Malachi Nelson situation ended weirdly. Um, Caleb Williams is gone. Can't find a defensive coordinator. We'll see if Lynn from UCLA is going to be the guy. But... You know, I, 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 and I'm trying to be as objective as I can about this. And I'm not just trying to do sunshine and rainbows about LSU football's future. We're in a very good spot. All right. We're in a very good spot. And as Pat points out, USC is the biggest sleeping giant. I, I, I just, it, it just feels to me that Lincoln Riley's burnt out. It feels to me. Okay. I just don't think, um, I, I I just don't think, for me, USC is what it is anymore. I, I just don't I, – I don't know. I, I don't think Lincoln Riley's that guy. I really don't. Um, and uh, I could just be totally wrong on him being the next big thing. And he was a great coach at Oklahoma, and he's been an overall good coach at USC. I just don't know if he's elite. I could see Oregon becoming the, the West Coast champions, giants, over the next couple seasons. We'll see what – Jetfish does at Washington, but, you know, mostly in the Southeastern Conference, I, it's either LSU or Texas, okay? I, I I don't know how I feel about Ohio State's future, but if they don't win a national championship this next season, or at least get to the final and beat Michigan, they're in trouble. They're, they're in a lot of trouble, because uh, Ryan Day will lose his job next season if he loses to Michigan, okay? Um. Uh, <laughs> Jay Little says, "If we lose another season opener, I'm cooked." Well, we'll see if the Fighting Miller Mosses of USC beats us. Um, and that kind of lends itself into where I'm going with this. Man, I I don't know why I, I feel so weird about USC next year. I, uh, you know, I I think Lincoln Riley hears these things, um, but I I've one major college football guy that I trust is just not liking what he's seeing at USC. Okay. But, but we'll see now, as always that, that little rant right there, was just kind of out of the no, out of nowhere, I guess I need to go on more long drives to think of really good topics, but there you go. So I, I, I honestly want to talk about this more in length, all right? 16 minutes just flew by. I honestly thought it was only on here for five. I've been driving a lot today. I guess I'm just delusional. Um, but as always, feel free to super chat. First, let's do this tonight. I'm in a giving mood. It's got this nice, shiny crystal back on it. Because uh, we're only going an hour. If we get to 50 in supers, we're going to give this out. Okay, this is one of my favorite one-of-one one cards. It's a crystal crack dice one-of-one Terrace Marshall. This goes on a desk very nicely. Um, sometimes I'll use these slabs because I have a stack of paper I normally have right here. And I'll, I'll sit this down so, you know, the fan doesn't blow it away. Um so yeah, this also is a very fancy paperweight if you want to use it, but it also sits up nicely on any shelf. Uh, I'm going to give this out tonight if we get to fifty dollars in supers. Wants to live in L.A. Hell, L.A. is beautiful. Uh, I freaking love L.A. Um, live there. I mean, it is it is expensive, but yeah, I mean. 247 said Brian Kelly is his number two ranked coach in college football. Kirby Smart is number one. Pass. Carter, how do you find all these cards? Uh Mostly eBay, but like Facebook groups. I do football card shows. So I, I get a lot of stuff um, from viewers, honestly. And I like to give it out. So on February 17th, Pat, you should make the drive to this. It doesn't matter where you are. It's worth flying in for this. Ask anybody that's been to one of these with me. PHL Get Together February 17th. Arklatech Sports Carter Memorabilia Show. Four LSU recruits, Gabriel Wellifer, Tylen Singleton, Ahmad Bro, and Debo Atkins will be there. Signing autographs, taking photos, kissing babies, shaking hands. Okay. You know, I I th- I think you guys would love it. I, I think you guys would love it. Uh, Let's go to Lance here. Lance on Facebook. Thank you so much. Any news about Terry Bussey? Not really. Then again, I I haven't really been able to look at a whole lot uh, today uh, because I had to deal with a medical situation. But hopefully it's good news uh, if you've heard anything. Um, So there you go. Now. next thing I wanted to personally throw this out here very happy for my buddy Mario Jerez on his new venture he'll be doing some content with Hold the Mayo my guy Devin Snow the Red Beans and Rice Mondays baby, RBNR, respect your body, I'm really excited about what those two are going to be cooking up, two of the most talented media people too, really good friends of mine and um, yeah yeah Let's see. He's on campus. Let's go. Let's do it. Terry visiting now. Uh, I've been there. Actually, I'm, now I went to uh, Malibu. It's beautiful. But yeah, I mean, every city's got um, something you like or don't like about it. I mean, I have a lot of viewers in Baton Rouge. Uh people... Love living in Baton Rouge, including some of my family. But yeah, there's different areas of the country you live where you don't agree politically with everyth- the your local government or whatever. But there's pros and cons of living anywhere. Okay. Not everybody gets to live in a metropolis, but if you don't live in a metropolis, uh, more likely crimes aren't going to be as bad and traffic isn't going to be as bad. I saw someone in here uh, say, I believe it was Josh, who says he's been in traffic for two hours. I'll tell you this, living in a smaller town, um, I'm able to afford being a YouTuber. Ha, ha, ha. It's a lot easier to uh, do this in a not big city where rent is a gazillion dollars. Um, There you go. Tari, salute to you, man. I appreciate you. Now, next thing. Okay. I, I I really want this to be known as far as um, LSU football is concerned, okay? I do think with the future of college football, I think recruiting will continue to be more regional. Now, of course, if you had the chance to go get the absolute number one player in the entire country and he lives in Michigan, you go get him like uh, quarterback recruiting is a completely different beast than everything else. But I do think with the future of LSU football, you're going to see a lot of the recruiting remain focused on Louisiana and Texas. Okay. Um, I, I've been doing some research on some States and their hit rates at Louisiana. And those two States, as you would imagine have percentage wise also been a pretty high hit rate for LSU. And most of the players at LSU has come from. Those two states, of course, you have some Mississippis, you have some Floridas and, um, you know, it's 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 a beautiful thing. Right. Uh, because, look, we love Louisiana recruits. And one thing I, I feel, you know, going into the future is. With Brad Davis, with what he's doing in the offensive line and our position coaches being the strongest they've been since Brian Kelly, And it's tough to really clearly say that um, because Mike Denbrock is gone and we'll see what Joe Sloan could do under the bright lights. Um, But this is the best staff that Brian Kelly's had maybe in his entire career, okay? And he's been a part of some pretty big and fun, good coaching staffs at Notre Dame and so on and so on, right? Um, Even his last one with Tommy Reese and... Marcus Freeman, that's pretty loaded. Um, But look, this is now the time for Brian Kelly to get us to that next level. And I understand there's going to be a lot of focus on the kids that are in the state right now or in the city right now, but I'm more talking about the long term, right? I say what I said about Brian Kelly being in the second best position only behind Georgia, LSU being in the second position only behind Georgia. But from this point forward – LSU should be in the playoff at least once every two seasons. Okay? It's going to be hard with the SEC being the way that it is to get there every single season. But the more I look at next year's schedule, the more I feel LSU should be there next year. Okay? Now I'm not necessarily in love with LSU's roster. I don't think any of you are just totally in love with LSU's too deep. Like you were probably with 2011 or 2019 or even 2016 LSU. But you do feel good enough or feeling better about how things shape up for next year. Okay. I don't know what UCLA is going to look like. They lost their DC to USC, another team that we're playing. I have some serious doubts about Oklahoma next year. And We avoid some really good teams next year. We don't have to play Georgia. We don't have to play Texas. We don't have to play Nico and Tennessee. So I love that. I really, really, really do. Um, So I'm really excited about that. Um, Kenneth wants to talk some Terry Bussey. There you go. We will see you soon. Uh, Brian says, I'd want to be an AD. I love difficult projects. Plus, I like tasking and management type of work. Uh, Lance Terry Bussey has to sign by February. So, there you go. Um, Let's see here. Bill wants to talk about some in stadium. Uh, differences and eat to come with Tiger Stadium. Uh, okay, I'll address that really quickly. Concession food quality needs to be increased. I do agree with that. But the issue with that bill is you're just not going to hear um, a whole lot of people talking um, about that for this reason. All right, um, because tailgating is so big. You know, so many people eat amazing food, but I do agree the in-game food needs to be better. Um, The in-game concession lines need to be better. There are some rough, rough patches of concession lines uh, in Tiger Stadium. And honestly, I don't know how you guys feel about in-stadium concessions or whatever, I like quality, but I am more so worried about the speed, right? Um, If I can – if there's just a separate line where you can only get pizza then or like a slice of pizza or whatever, I'm probably doing that because I don't want to miss any of the game, right? But there were – yeah, I went to the Texas A&M game in the section that I was in, okay? Lines are ridiculous, (laughs) absolutely ridiculous. So there you go. Pegasus wants to talk about Terry Bussey. What position is he being recruited for? You know, this is how I I view him. The the little bit I watched him. He reminds me uh, of Dante Jackson. Okay. And if you remember Dante Jackson's recruitment, that's roughly a, a decade ago, man. That's crazy to think about how long ago that's been. He was just like so explosive. But you see, I, I do see more corner, but it, it could go either way, right? Um, and they were both, obviously, five-star caliber, big-time athletes. Um, now, I could see him playing safety, but I would prefer him, of course, to play corner. Is a more valuable asset for uh, a defense? Obviously, that depends on what your depth chart looks like. But I I, I think that would be his best position, but... You know, the explosive playmaking type of wide receiver is also uh, are a really big piece as well. Okay. Let's see. Pull this up. Okay. more flashing lights for the epileptics. True. That is brutal for an epileptic. Um, The issue van is everybody has it and sports. You always hear this phrase is cliche, but it's just true. Sports are a copycat league. Every sport is a copycat league. Everyone likes to copy everyone else. Okay. So if Ole Miss has a light show, guess what? Um, we are going to have the light show. Does Alabama have the light show? Guess what? We are going to have the light show. All right. So Josh wants to talk about this guy, uh, DJ Pickett. And the reason why I'm bringing this up for Josh is because he's still still sitting in traffic. Huh? 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 Uh, I highly recommend everyone go back and listen to the beginning of yesterday's live stream. We played a clip that Keelan Moses had with uh, our buddy Preston Guy. And as you can see here, DJ Pickett is a five-star. And Keelan Moses mentioned um, some elite DBs coming through LSU. This is a 2025 guy. So it's important to note this, that Terry Bussey is a 2024 recruit. So that means he's going to be immediately eligible for next season. DJ Pickett, of course, is a 2025 recruit. And as you can see, he is the number one safety for the class of 25. Okay, so you'll see that as RPM is um, Florida's in the lead there. And Corey Raymond just came over from Florida. So you you would like to think LSU could get something going on this. But DJ Pickett, of course, would be a very welcome addition to LSU. And look. The good thing, even if you don't get someone of that caliber, is you did just land an absolutely massive safety class, all right? And I mean massive safety class. You would like to think one of Joel Rogers, Deshaun McBride, uh, P.J. Woodland, even though he's more of a corner, you would like to think one of those guys, Jawan Johnson, any one of the DBs that LSU brought in can be a contributor next season. But if one of the safeties hits, that would be awesome. Or one of the corners hit and you can slide JV and Tobiano over to safety where I think he would, um, where, where I think he would do really well. So man, it would be awesome. Awesome to see that. Okay. But, I'm telling you LSU has used a lot of resources on defensive back recruits and we'll see what happens okay maybe there is a deep 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 sleeper in this LSU room that's already there maybe it's someone like Matthew Langois but he can't stay healthy so it could be, Quite a few names. Ray brings up Kylan Jackson. He's going to keep the new guys on the bench, according to Ray. Maybe so. Maybe so. Pom-poms. Alabama does it. I think Auburn does a pom-pom thing as well. The master Blaster Ahmaud says Jordan Allen is that guy, pal. The three-star at LCA. Mm. Pegasus says, I thought I missed an episode. I'm right here, man. And we'll be live tomorrow. We will be going live um, a little bit earlier tomorrow. We'll go live. Um, I'm deciding between three or four. Um, I do have to call some uh, college basketball tomorrow. So really excited about that. Love doing that. Uh, I can really see myself doing play by play. I don't like the charting. <laughs> the, the prep is can be very tedious. But it's a lot of fun. It really is. So... There you go. Um, Now, normally midway through, I get to as many comments. Once again, if you super chat, I'll go straight to it. The next topic I want to get to, though, is LSU women's basketball. All right. I do want to get into this conversation because I got a few messages from you guys about um, the team and your concern, them losing again. And look. Look. You know, there was pressure on them going undefeated this season. Things just did not go your way. Kateri pulled no longer on the team. You lost Smith, one of your best post players. And the depth just isn't there. Okay. And I think this team will still make a tournament run. Win it all? Maybe. You know, I, I think... Iowa somewhat performed under expectations. They've had a few clo- close losses themselves. Um, South Carolina, I think, has been way above expectations with them losing Boston and and their star guard, number one. I forgot her name. But, you know, I, I, I still think this team can beat South Carolina in the SEC tournament. I still think this team can win it all. I do. All right. Let's go to Carvist's Super Chat, and we, we can get back into some women's basketball and men's basketball if you want to. Baseball, we are what? Roughly 15, 14 ish days away. I know Chance has that number right on top of his head. But we go to Carvis. In your opinion, what are the odds Garrett Nussmeyer stays two seasons? Most exciting freshman, redshirt or true on both offensive defense that balls out next season. All right. Let's go with question number two redshirt freshman. That is undoubtedly going to be Caleb Jackson. Out of all the redshirt freshmen, he is going to have the most pressure because of what we saw this season. Okay. I think Shelton Sampson's going to have a lot of hype as well. Um, and one sleeper who's going to be more important than either of those two is going to be DJ Chester if he is the starting center. Um, true freshman on offense, of course, is going to be Trey Des Green who moved up the five-star ladder recently. Very interesting stuff. Now on defense, Deshaun McBride, obviously, is someone we mentioned. But without a doubt, true freshman on defense. Um, Dominic McKinley, whether or not it's fair, I think it is a little unfair uh, to him being a five-star defensive lineman and also being in the most open defensive tackle room of the modern era. Um, There's going to be a lot of pressure on him. And it's going to be very unfair to him if he doesn't live up to it in year number one. Um, uh, But yeah, if he is the best true freshman on the team, that changes the playoff expectations for this team next year. And that's how dire the need is for defensive tackles to step up. And that, of course, is going to be Guillory, Sean Washington, um, Jalen Lee. All those guys are going to get their opportunities uh redshirt freshman on defense man that's that's tough because a lot of the defensive redshirts um got burned last season so toviano will be a a, a true sophomore obviously ashton sants will be a true sophomore but i'll give you jackson howard why not because he was able to get a redshirt um and maybe colin jackson you know colin jackson uh was mentioned a minute ago. Now, for your first one, in my opinion, what are the odds that Garrett Nesmeyer stays two seasons? I would put it at 75% to 80% that he is going to start two seasons. And that's what you want it to be, right? You look historically at LSU, most of these successful elite, elite teams were year two quarterbacks or more. So, yeah, it's it's... It's how I see it. Maybe you guys see it another way. Okay. So let me know what you think. And um, I'll give you one more fact about Garrett Nessmeyer's situation after this. PHL Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season. And I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial hvac needs it is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years yes that is four decades you know this louisiana weather gets crazy go to louisianacontrols.com or call 225-924-4990 baby let's go one more thing about garrett nussmeyer's situation okay uh One thing that could help him with the NFL is he is in a weaker NFL draft class when it comes to the quarterback position, right? There are some interesting draftable quarterbacks next year, Caden Salter, Quinn Ewers, and so on and so on. But this last year, laps this year's QB class, Caleb Williams. Drake May, and Jaden Daniels, I would put a pretty high amount of money that all three of those guys would undoubtedly go number one in next year's class if they were to go to next year's class. So, you know, with Garrett Nussmeyer, I think he is going to start both two seasons here at LSU, not only this next year, but the year after. But I also think that curveball could make him a one-year starter and out. All right? Um now it gets to the question, is it better for him when it comes to his NFL prospects of starting just one season or starting two? And the answer is starting two. Now at every other position, I would say starting one, right? Because there's a little bit more of you know a body clock uh on your your chances at the next level. I think quarterback is the one position where experience really moves the needle for you more than any of the other positions as far as your next year's capabilities are. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to start both seasons and I, I would, I would put it at 80% at this point. But you know, if, if you're to sit down with an NFL draft scout, does Quinn yours really excite you? I mean, I, I'm I'm just being honest because that's the guy that everyone's going to point to being the number one quarterback next year. Does Dylan Gabriel excite you? Does Caden Salter excite you? I don't know. Maybe it's KJ Jefferson. I I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 a weaker quarterback class. All right. And Pegasus makes a. a Makes a good point. You say that, Carter, but you wouldn't have said this about J.D. this time last year about being first next year. You're right. Okay? So tell me this, Pegasus. Who is the one quarterback that you think will take that leap to a top 10 NFL draft pick next season? And I just kind of threw J.D. in there because going into this last season— Drake May and Caleb Williams were the two guys. So normally one kind of emerges in their final season. So I do give you some leeway there. But there is just not one guy for me that just leaps off the page. Okay. Now one that has really gotten me going is Carson Beck. I mean, I've watched a good bit of Carson Beck. And I've done a lot of film studies on him on the NCC channel. And the Tennessee game was one of the best games I've seen a college quarterback play. I mean, he really was dotting them up. All right, um, and he had some good runs in that game as well. But you know, many many could say, well, he's he's got the best supporting cast, has got the best coach. Does Carson Beck really lift his team's performance? I think he does, but I don't know if he lifts it the same way a Jaden or a Drake May or someone like that does. But, yeah, I mean, Carson Beck, at this point, will be the most hyped quarterback going into next season. Um, it'll either be him or Quinn Ewers as a number one overall pick. Um, Maybe it's Shadur Sanders. Maybe it is Shadur Sanders. Matt, one of our many patrons, please sign up with the Patreon. Patreon.com slash LSU football. James, good to see you. Uh, He did say that. And uh, we played that clip, but that clip also was a little bit older. Um, I think that interview was from his, like, before his junior season. He's got a shot. If if Garrett leaves, he's got a shot. But if you go to a Division 1 Power 5 school, the likelihood that you start as a true freshman if you go to one of the elite schools is is low. It's very 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 low. Okay? Now, one thing I've done um over the last couple of days, for the SEC channels, I, I as I go, like I like to go look at the, all the other quarterbacks that go to the other schools and try to pick who I think is the best. All right, and what's interesting is on on three, DJ Lagway ended up being the industry standard number one quarterback over Rayola. He went to Nebraska. DJ Langway went to Florida. And he's the number one guy. Now, he won't start this year. It'll still be the grand merch show. But I want to ask you this. For those that are like me, you're a nerd. You like recruiting. You like to do your own scouting. I don't necessarily like recruiting, per se, but I like doing my own evaluations and seeing how good I am with the evaluations. All right? Is it Colin Hurley? Is Colin Hurley the number one guy? Who do you think is the best 2024 quarterback? And I kind of don't want to share this because I want you. That's what I'm going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you guys homework. If you're listening to this on a podcast, you can do this. Don't do it now because you're driving hands at 10 and 2. Or you're listening at home. Make it dinner. Who do you think is the number one quarterback for 2024? 2025, it's Bryce Underwood. And that's going to be hard for me to change my opinion. Obviously, bias creeps in here. I think Colin Hurley is the best. But that's my LSU bias. Who is your number one guy? Let me see Over time, I feel like I've been pretty accurate in picking my number one guy. We'll see if my number one guy last year, Nico. He's going to be starting at Tennessee this year. A few years ago, it was um, the kid that starts for Clemson. Now. His name slips my mind. He played at Westlake High School. He was the number one guy. So far, he's not been that good. He's not been that good. I missed on that one. But that entire quarterback class has not been that good. Up to this point, the best quarterback in that class has been Noah Fifita or Fifida at Arizona. All right. Brian and James both say Julian Sain. Yeah, so Kaden, Kaden, uh, Kate Cl- Klubnick is his name. Klubnick, Klubnick. He was our number one guy. So when I had Kate Klubnick number one, he wasn't number one at the time. He was a top 100 guy. And eventually, 247's composite put him at number one. Okay. Josh says Colin Hurley reminds me of Jalen Hurts. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that, that comp. Honestly, I think Colin Hurley reminds me of a slightly shorter Dak Prescott. Um, I don't think Colin has Jalen's running ability, but I do think he's got some rushing to his game. Okay. Of course, he's not good when, he, when you forget his name. Yeah. Well, I'm low on sleep right now. Huh? 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 uh but but yeah i i would like to think colin hurley's gonna be the best okay i would i would like to think that um so next wednesday i will reveal who i think is the number one guy and i am trying to i'm trying to see if i none of y'all said uh, who I think the unborn guy is uh, at this point. So this last quarterback crop, I think is going to turn out to be pretty good. The one before it, not so great. (laughs) We'll see if Walker Howard turns out to to be something. And uh, the year before that was actually interesting. It was Quinn Ewers, Garrett Nussmeyer was in that mix. So Drake May, Jared doesn't know any twenty twenty five four gods other than LSU. I get that. I feel that. Okay. God, this live stream has been lit. I I I, I love it. I freaking love it. Low on super. That's okay. Big shout out to Carvis. But life is good. Can't hate. You know what's funny, Brian? I think one thing that hurt Kate Klubnick, and this is really going to help out Colin Hurley, and to a lesser extent Bryce Underwood, because Bryce's teams have been so unbelievably dominant, and Collins has as well. Kate Klubnick never played in a close game in high school. I think that could ruin a quarterback if you start for two or three years. And every game is thirty-four to zero and seventy-three to zero. I think I did a count that over fifty percent of their games they won by thirty-five or more points. I think if you play in too many blowouts, it sucks, right? Like more so a quarterback uh, because most of the games you play um, as you move up is going to be closer. And how you play that position changes uh, the closer the game gets. But, for instance, like one of my favorite things is when a kid from a high school that's coming to LSU plays on a middle-of-the-road team, right? Because you really got to work your ass off. That means you're really having to carry your team. If you're a good football player, an elite recruit, and your team isn't still succeeding – it's more than likely not the fault of the elite recruit. It means he is around a not-so-great supporting cast, and he's really got to push it. Okay? So, like, for instance, LSU has is, is become Duncanville East, right? Duncanville, illustrious program in Texas. They got beat this year. They they got beat this year by DeSoto. I love that. I Dude, I freaking love that. Because that just makes you better. That's a punch in the mouth. That's just an extra little layer of adversity. And what I like to do is to go watch that game. Okay? Because I know that game's going to be close. And I know that game is going to be very competitive. And I know that other team is going to be really good. So in the loss that Duncanville had versus DeSoto, you know who had a good game? Caden Durham. Kaden Durham still went off. I think DeCorian Moore had a few good plays in that game himself. And that game was weird because there was a rain out, and then they had to move the game to the next day, and Kaden Durham still went off. All right? Um, but you never want I, – I would never want that out of a high school recruit. You winning every single game because that's not what college is like unless of course, you go to Georgia huh? 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 You, you you want you want to play competitive games. How's Keenan Durham sitting at number eight? on uh, which list on oh on our recruiting list? Um, tell me what list and I'll answer it. Let's go to James. What does Ohio State do with two five star twenty twenty-four quarterback recruits? Julian Sain and Air Noland. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, so number eight on the running backs list. I think it's just because he's not the biggest guy. I've always wondered that though. It it's it's crazy because I I can't really envision a world where he could have had a better high school career. And he's playing at the highest level you can play. And he's really fast. I mean, verified sub ten three speed, right? Which is crazy because, you know, last year we had a recruit named Jalen Brown and Jalen had a very iffy middle-of-the-road uh, grade for me for his recruiting ranking. And I wish him nothing but the best at Florida State. We won't play Florida State until um, a playoff game. And he had elite speed. He was a 10-600-meter guy. 10-6. Kanan Durham is 10-3. All right? Sub-10-3. Th- th- that is so fast. If you were standing next to him, while he ran a track and field 100 meter, you would feel how fast that is, right? When you're around someone that's running that fast, it it's crazy. It's 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 insane. Um, it looks different. Ten to nine. That is in freaking insane. But there's more to running back than just speed. He's just a home run hitter, and he also has some good tough runs at, you know, ten yards here, fifteen yards there. Um. So yeah, ten to two recently. That's stupid fast, Jared. Thank you again for your super chat, but more so your friendship. And Jared wants you to know. Okay. That you can win big on Underdog Fantasy. Promo code CARTER. Please go sign up. Goes a long way. Doing some big things with Underdog Fantasy. And they support us. Now we'll take a few more before we wrap this thing on up. The one hour stream on Thursdays. 6 p.m. Central. Yeah, so Trendon ran 10 flat. Okay. That was his... um, his best time during his LSU years. At least that's what I believe it was. I think it was 10 flat. And it was either him or Jeff Dimps at Florida that had the fastest time. I still think it was Trendon Holiday. Um, So yeah, 10 flat. Now nah, it's just crazy. I don't think LSU's had a player. It's either him or Xavier Carter um, that has the fastest 100. I still think it's Trendon, though. 10 flats. Insane. That's insane. We're training on the way to 168 pounds. You think Decorian Moore is faster than Kaden Durham? What? There's a video of them racing somewhere. I think Durham won. But Decorian Moore can fly, too. He's special speed as well. We'll take a few more here before we skedaddle. I appreciate you guys. Been a crazy day. Been on the road for over six hours today. We say hi to MH. How we good to see you. Welcome to the channel. Please hit the subscribe button, ring the bell. Yeah, Chance, uh, very few succeed, right? Cam Newton is one of those guys. But then again, you know, he had some starting years at the JC level. But only one year of P5 starts. Anthony Richardson's another one-year starter. But for the most part, it's better to get multiple years of starting reps. But to each your own. To each your own. Let's see, Jacqueline. I'm just gonna put it out there that it's going great. <laughs> no intel to share there. Saw the video Jordan Jefferson from the Senior ball. Yeah, what well, that was spicy. Uh, I actually watched that before we got on here. Here's what I'd say about the Senior Bowl. Okay. I'll I'll save my thoughts on the senior bowl for when the senior bowl is actually done. Okay? All right. Isaiah Pacheco. How heavy is Caden Durham? Yeah, he's under my threshold, but I do think his frame, he'll add on. I think he'll, when his college career begins, he'll be around Two oh five. Um, I normally like the 210, 215, 220 range. Um, but I, I do think he'll put on weight. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it, it's what he feels comfortable with. I do think he has the speed to, to, to make up for it, but you guys know how I am about that in the SEC. Now, I'll be chatting in the discord for the next couple of minutes this has been a fun live stream. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon, and we'll see you then. Yes! <claps> Power Hour LSU. Boom! <claps> Probably 3 p.m. for tomorrow. And tonight, oh, I'm doing some Indian food, some garlic naan. Let's go. Oh, oh yeah. Once again, I want to shout out Carvis and Jared. Let's go.